You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series. This is episode 14, recapping the Star Wars Rebels episode entitled The Call. If you're checking us out for the first time, I am your co-host, Matt the Crankster Cranky. And let me welcome in your creator and host... He's still moving in, folks. It's Michael Cohen from Canada. What's up, my friend? Hey, yeah, we're still... I'm still in my... Temporary setup, so it's not. Uh, yeah, take it a little longer than yeah, you thought. Huh? Yeah, I yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be done last weekend, but uh, it wasn't, and I'm lazy, so I'm not going to do it this weekend either. But uh, <laughs> but hopefully by next yeah, week, I'll all right. have set everything up. So, but yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey. Uh, before we get to the recap, man, just a couple of things of news that came out. Of course, um, again, this is going to be, I think, like last week we talked, or maybe the week before, we talked about some spoiler-ish stuff. And the same goes, again, for uh, this first news story. So if you don't want to know about season titles and a little bit of speculation, maybe skip forward a few minutes. But uh, with that being said, we got some news, Mike, of the last uh, episode titles. Yeah. Uh and culminating in a two-part episode airing on March 30th. And um, as, as far as the two-part ending, I think it's going to be an, did you say an hour long, I, I'm, I'm assuming? Yeah, so I don't, I, yeah, they're, they're both, they're both dated for March 30th, right? So, right. so that to me says, yeah, it's a it's back to back, right? Twilight of the Impre- of the Apprentice is a one hour. So, actually, it says you know that we've got twenty two episodes, but it's really more like twenty one episodes. <laughs> right. Yeah, that last yeah. episode. So, um, you know, coming the last few episodes, Shroud of Darkness, uh, the Forgotten Droid on the sixteenth, the Mystery of Chopper Base on the twenty third, mm-hmm. and then culminating in the two part uh, ending, which is called Twilight of the Apprentice, yeah. and we all know. Uh, what that is going to entail, and I'm so looking forward to that. And uh, these last few episodes, it's going to really ramp up yeah. with some of the characters we've seen in the trailer. And I just have to say, my like, like let's just—I'm just, just going to say—as far as the ending, 
uh, it's obvious that we're going to see the the two clash, Ahsoka and Vader. And I am kind of over. I'm going to say I'm about eighty percent that we're not, this is going to be the last we're going to see of Ahsoka. I think um, there's a huge possibility that she could be going out this season. And and frankly, for the series, I would not be. I mean, of course, I'd be kind of like, oh, that's a bummer. You know, she was a great yeah. character. But I think for the story-wise, I think uh, I, I think this is, needs to happen. I, I don't think we need to have all these um, people from the Rebels and Clone Wars sticking around uh, all the time. So, and, and much like they do with what they're doing, like Kazan wants to do with, or he wanted to do with, like, Return of the Jedi, and he did with The Force Awakens, we see some huge characters. Uh, he wanted, obviously, we all know he wanted Han Solo to die, and he finally did in The Force Awakens. So I, I, I think that uh, we we could see the end of Ahsoka at this episode. I don't, you know, it's one of those where we're going to either yeah. see the end or something big is going to happen. What do you think? Yeah, I, I do think. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, like the title Twilight of the of the Apprentice implies a lot of things. Whether or not mm -hmm. Darth Maul is in that storyline or he's in one of these other storylines, like maybe Shroud of Darkness. I think that's going to inform a lot of it. Mm -hmm. If Darth Maul is, is at the center of that temple and that temple is the focus of the Twilight of the Apprentice story, I think what we're going to see is Ahsoka, maybe not dead, but captured at least. <clears throat> I don't think she okay, makes it yeah. out of the fight. Sure. Um, I think we see... Uh, Ezra following Darth Maul for some reason. Um, mm -hmm. I definitely see that. Yeah. And uh, and and becoming his new apprentice. Um, and uh, and and the the rebels crew kind of being broken up to a certain degree, right? Like our ghost mm -hmm. crew, sort of. Um, <clears throat> whether I don't know, like I I could see them. I could see Kanan sort of after losing Ezra kind of giving up uh, and and Hera going and, and you know, going full time into leading Phoenix Squadron and not really being the leader of, of the Ghost crew. And so Sabine and Zeb just kind of go off to do whatever. Right. Um, I could see something like that happen. I, I, I also I don't know. It, I don't think that Rex is going to make it out of this because there is that moment in the trailer where where uh, Ahsoka does yell out Rex. And yeah. so I think that, that Vader will kill Rex for sure. And that'll be one of those... Oh, that'd be an interesting twist. That, yeah, his, his yeah, buddy, it'll be yeah. one of those yeah. moments where we find out, you know, like Vader is... Vader is gone. Or the Anakin is gone. That it's all Vader, right. right? Like that he's he's full on dark. Mean, yeah, that he's nasty. He's beyond. Yeah. He's beyond redemption at this point, right? Like it's not like Luke is the only one who will be able to bring him back. I think. <clears throat> I think it's important for the Star Wars storyline overall. For that to be the case, I, I think it kind of cheapens it if Ahsoka, is able to to. Reach Anakin in any meaningful way um mm -hmm. it, it's clear like from the from that trailer it's clear that they that she speaks to anakin inside vader but like but he's already gone at that point 
Like, like you can kind of hear it in the voice. It's a very different, it's a very different performance from Matt Lanter. So I think that like, there'll be some revelations that sort of conclude, you know, Anakin's gone. Vader has taken over and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, all hope's going to be lost on, except, you know, in the instance of, of Luke, uh, uh, saving the day. So. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's going to die. I don't know who's going to make it out. Uh, I'm fairly certain Rex won't make it out of this season. I think it would be a lot for them to kill Rex and Ahsoka. I think that they'll sort of pick one or the other. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. Or anybody on the ghost, do you think? Um. Any of the ghost crew? No, I don't think so. Mm -mm. I don't think so. I, no, they've built up. They've built up Zeb in the last, like, last week's episode so much that, like, there's more story there to tell with him. Um, mm-hmm. Sabine is our portal to the, the Mandalorian, so we know for sure that that she's not going anywhere because they'd, they'd get, you know, just torn apart yeah. online if, uh, yeah. if, if they got rid of the only Mandalorian link. Uh, in this series right so um mm-hmm. but yeah yeah i i think uh like you said you're talking about ahsoka and vader and, and i too think there's no way that uh, that they battle i just think vader is just way uh, he would i think he would i don't know it's hard to say yeah. i, I want to say that he would just mop up the place with her because he's going to be at a full he's at like you said he's at full-on vader mode right now he's just got a lot of hate and anger and yeah and and all that so I don't know how much she could she could last with him, especially being kind of on the outskirts and not doing much for the last so many odd years that she's been away from the from the order. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. That Rex thing is a really intriguing one too because yeah. obviously they have kind of him and him and Vader and Rex have that connection. So that could be a, a big one too. So yeah, you know, so far as these other ones, I don't know when we're gonna see. Uh, like we've seen the the stuff with Anakin and the, and the Vision, or the uh, looks like the Holocron yeah. and and Darth Maul and and Yoda. I'm not sure where those. are. It's hard to tell from some of these. I mean, the the as far as the titles are concerned, uh, the Forgotten yeah. Droid and the Chopper base one. I is this going to be Chopper related? These two. It's kind of kind of wild. Uh, but uh, some yeah, I just can't wait for that that very end. I think a lot of us and most Rebels fans are. Looking forward to March 30th. It looks like we're just powering all the way through, too. Like, there's no more breaks. There's, a, it's gonna there's a one with... week break between Shroud of Darkness and Forgotten Droid. But other than that, we're straight through. Oh, you're yeah. right. There it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. I just looked at it because I was like, oh, I could really use a break. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but so yeah, it is basically straight through to March 30th. Um, yeah, ending, ending the season fairly early. I, yeah. Yeah. But you know, like we're, I think we're kind of used to that. Uh, Clone Wars did yeah, the same yeah. thing. It generally right. ended in March, um, maybe first week of April. So we're we're kind of right on target for that. Uh, yeah, they don't sure. uh, they don't take the kind of extended breaks that they do in in network regular network TV um, mm-hmm. to stretch it out to May. Uh, right, it's, it's a slightly different game for them. But um, yeah, but yeah. I. Uh, yeah, all the, all the way until March thirtieth, and then we'll be done. Then we'll be done That's for it. a while. Except, will we be done for a while? Uh, because our second piece of news here 
is oh, uh, yeah. Lego Star Wars The Freemaker Adventures, which is a new Lego Star Wars series that's headed to Disney XD. But um, so Lego has done a couple of these so far. Uh, they did they did one that that uh, Lego Star Wars. Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember the subtitles. Are you talking about uh, the, just the Lego stuff that's been around for a yeah, while? Yeah, so uh, it, it's it's weird because previously they've kind of stealth launched these like series. Like Yoda Chronicles and all that? Yeah, yeah, it was the Yoda, Yoda Chronicles. That's what it was. So mm-hmm. the Yoda Chronicles, um, the first season of that, uh, it, it it actually ends up revolving around this this clone trooper who has the Force. Um, and he's got like a robot arm that he can use the force with, which doesn't make any sense in continuity, but it's Lego, so it doesn't matter. Um, and he, he actually ends up having like, like a whole story throughout the Clone Wars. And then I think it was in, was it in Droid Tales? He shows up again. Um, like they bring him back. Uh, which Droid Tales takes place immediately after Return of the Jedi. Uh, or is there mm-hmm. something in between? Maybe there's some Yoda Chronicles in between. In any case, the Lego Star Wars stuff, and I didn't realize this when it when, like the Yoda Chronicles was on, because uh, they kind of never announced it as a series. It seemed more like it was like a bunch of shorts, right? So I thought, like, oh, these are just silly lego star wars shorts i i'm not gonna pay any attention to them and i never did uh and then it turned out that like they had like a continuity and and a whole like arc like story arc to it and uh and it's kind of built up over the last little while they did droid tales which retold the original trilogy sorry the 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 saga up until that point episodes one to six mm-hmm. um with the lego twist of course i uh, and and there was more there was there there were more lego star wars cuz there was a bunch maybe it was more of the yoda chronicles where it was like uh luke and han and leia uh and and i'm pretty sure that clone trooper guy showed up in that as well and they were searching for the holocrons and darth vader and palpatine were after the holocrons as well um in any case it it's they actually are really really good <laughs> Like it's it's definitely not Star Wars Rebels or the Clone Wars, but but you can tell that the the people at at Lego Star Wars that that are responsible for putting these together, they're real Star Wars fans, and they and they're funny. Like, um, maybe not quite on the level of the Lego Movie, but they're still pretty good. I uh, mm-hmm. and so they they've announced like fully announced press release and everything this Lego Star Wars the Freemaker Adventures which takes place in between episodes f- uh 5 and 6 which um other than Shadows of the Empire which is now Legends uh there's not a lot of continuity right now between those areas it's interesting like it'll be really weird to see is this show going to um, imply that it's somehow in continuity that maybe it's it's a little bit silly but the stories are still the stories like the major plot points are still major plot points um, and it it 
it revolves around a family, the Freemakers, uh, and their son. It turns out that he can use the uh, this lightsaber called the Kyber Saber. Or mm-hmm. is that what it's called? The Kyber Saber or Kyber Blade? Yeah. yeah. Um, Kyber Saber. Yeah. 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 And uh, and so basically, I mean, like it's obvious he's a he's a a potential Jedi, right? So. Um, th- there's there's gonna be kind of like this whole thing around them. The really interesting part of this is that they're a family of scavengers. They <laughs> yeah. they travel from space battle to space battle, scaven like salvaging the wreckage of those space battles. Um, now there's one other character who was recently introduced to us in the Star Wars galaxy who is repeatedly referred to as the scavenger uh and that's ray so yeah it's really it's really interesting is this somehow a connection to ray's character are they actually like is lego star wars the most unlikely of places is lego star wars giving us our first hint at Hmm. at ray's heritage heritage yeah um i'm gonna go out on a limb and say probably not (laughs) like 90 95 percent no but there's still that five percent chance right it's not beyond reasonable doubt that that this freemaker family could somehow be connected to to ray and her heritage um yeah and i think that's really interesting as far as the story and the Freemakers, they the article says it's it's in continuity but not canon. Yeah. Okay. So so I'm I'm guessing it's in a certain continuity of of like you said as far as maybe before the Force Awakens, but it's not not canon. Yeah. So so take that for what you will. So let me reiterate something that I that I think I've already said a couple of times, especially leading into the Force Awakens. And when all that journey to the Force Awakens content started coming out and contradicting books and comics that had just been released earlier in 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, When they said that they were wiping out the continuity, the the expanded universe, in order to introduce the new continuity, which moving forward, everything would be part of the same continuity, they were lying. They were mm-hmm. flat out lying because those comic books, they are not continuity. The comics, are, the 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 Kanan ones are continuity with Star Wars Rebels. Are they necessarily continuity and Clone Wars? I should say because it because it's kind of it bridges the two. Are they continuity? Are those comics continuity with the larger Star Wars galaxy? Hard to say. I mm-hmm. uh, is. Star Wars Darth Vader continuity with the larger Star Wars galaxy? Sorry, excuse me. Probably not. Um, is the main Star Wars title continuity with the larger Star Wars galaxy? Absolutely, unequivocally, 100% no. It is not. Because those mm-hmm. comics are obnoxious and silly. Um, that first volume is just nonsense. With Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker meeting uh, on on whatever that junk planet was or whatever. Um, it w- it's, it was, it's just silliness. 
in my opinion. Like it, like the, the Darth Vader comic is a really great comic. It's really well written, but it's, it's tied into the continuity of the other one. Uh, and, uh, and it, it, it jumps the shark at a certain point when you find out that Palpatine has, has been using this other, this scientist guy, the scientist guy has been creating, uh, weird cyborg, cyborg, uh, and you know, like other sorts of like enhanced beings to replace Darth Vader, and then mm. and then it's just silliness ensues after that. So like it, it's not they're they're, they're good comics to a certain degree. Um, the the Vader and Princess Leia comics were were pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. The Star Wars one, not so much. Um, but they, are they continuity? I don't think that they're continuity. I don't like they. They certainly don't affect anything. They are affected by other things, but they don't affect anything. And as mm-hmm. I've said before, the the Star Wars ongoing, the first volume of that, um, Heir to the Jedi, and uh, Journey to the Force Awakens, the Weapon of a Jedi. All three of those stories place Luke Skywalker immediately after the destruction of the Death Star in different places doing different things with different levels of ability to use the Force. We are right. in no different a situation with a continuity than we were four or five years ago when Clone Wars was at its height and they were, you know, writing all of this this stuff uh, the expanded universe stuff, whether it was in the prequel era or the or the the post Return of the Jedi era, uh, and it was all it's all just nonsense. Like it, and and if you enjoy it, you enjoy it, and I'm glad that you enjoy it. Um, Star Wars is Star Wars, and it's all good to varying degrees. I mean, even bad Star Wars is better than a lot of other stuff. <laughs> uh, but at the end of the day, the movies are the most important. Yes. After that, it's the TV series. TV series, yeah. And then after that, it is novels that directly tie in to the stories um, in either the TV series or or the the movies. And then after that, I would say comic books that directly tie in to to TV series or movies. Um, mm-hmm. So that it, it, with that, I would include Shattered Empire. And uh, Kane in the last pattern. Kanan, yeah. Um, right. And then after that, it's the rest of the books and comics. And then underneath all of that, it's video games. And then, because video games tend to be silly. Um, and then after that, it's it's uh, anything with the Lego in front of the word Star Wars yeah. at the very bottom <laughs> of the pile. That's the very bottom. Yeah. yeah. Um, which isn't to take anything away from it. It's just to say. You know, like in terms of of what we can expect for like revelations and and stories and that sort of thing, I I and and plot points unfolding, uh, I think that the Lego Star Wars series are going to be the least of of all of those. Although Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens is going to have content that will reveal for the first time uh, story prior to. Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Yes. So, uh, right. it's uh, through through some details, it has been confirmed. One of those stories is how uh, C three PO gets his red arm. 
<laughs> so yes. uh no earth shattering stuff there uh it, don't expect them to reveal who ray's parents are in no. lego star wars the force awakens no um yeah i think what we'll get is a han solo story han so what what han and chewie were up to uh probably capturing the wrath tars and uh and then that that c-3po story and then after that it'll just go right into the force awakens but yeah um but yeah this freemaker adventures it's it's set to to premiere this summer um and that'll be in between season two and season three of rebels so uh depending on when it when it launches and what their release schedule is maybe we'll maybe during the summer we'll come back and we'll do a few episodes talk to talk about yeah, the freemaker sure. adventures so we'll, yeah. we'll play that by ear for now um yeah the other the other thing uh on the lego star wars front is that they've got um a series of of shorts based around the force awakens uh, yeah characters. i was going to ask you about that if you saw that but the resistance yeah. rises clip yeah so yeah. i i know that it exists but i have not been able to watch it because it's not available it's been like geo-blocked for canada so really so yeah so i haven't so i haven't seen that clip yet but um it's premiering this uh it's premiering monday the 15th yep, yep. so um it just says it's like like you said there's shorts and uh, I think the first one is called Poe to the Rescue. Yeah. Uh, it's the first episode. It says um, a series of all new animated shorts that take place prior to The Force Awakens attack on Jakku and tell never before told stories, including Kylo Ren, Han Solo, Finn, Rey, BB-8, Maz Kanata, and more. So they have a clip. It's like a one minute, uh, minute and a half clip mic on, on Disney XD on YouTube. And it's, it's kind of neat, you know, showing uh, Captain Phasma and Kylo Ren and some some space battles and this and that and Poe fighting, flying his X-Wing. So, um, I don't know, it'd be kind of cool to see that, even though it's, again, it's one of those not canon things, but still, it's kind of neat. Yeah. You know, it's it's a, it's a pretty cool little clip. I'm surprised you can't see it on YouTube. That's weird. Yeah. You I, can't even see it on YouTube? No. It's, 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 so this is something that Americans might not be, uh, uh, well versed in, but, uh, for Canadians, we have to deal with it all the time, which is, uh, American companies. So whether it's Disney XD or it's, uh, NBC is really bad for it. Uh, NBC and CBS, uh, ABC less so, and Fox very rarely, but, um, and, and then like the cable networks usually don't care, but I, uh, they'll, they'll block things by region because we have our own networks up here that, that carry different TV shows. So, um, mm. for instance, although I get the CW up here, I, when I watch arrow, if I were to watch it at the regular broadcast time that it's broadcast in, in Vancouver, uh, mm-hmm. It would be on the CTV, which which is the Canadian Canadian television. That's just what it's called, CTV. Um, and if even if I tried to tune into the CW that's on the West Coast, so the the Seattle based CW affiliate, uh, the CRTC, uh, which is like our our FCC, um, it would preempt. Or, or like take over the feed and put the C- CTV feed on the CW. Mm-hmm. So 
I uh, because the because CTV has the rights to air Arrow in Canada. Now, what I do to get around that so that I'm watching it uh, on on the CW feed and I get like the CW previews and stuff like that is uh, I I and also just to have it recorded earlier. I record it on the East Coast feed uh, mm. from the from the either the New York or the Chicago uh, affiliates. And, uh, and, and so it records at five o'clock on, on the CW. I can't do that with Disney XD cause it's a cable channel. Um, which is why I've had issues in the past with watching rebels on the night that it airs. Um, but Disney XD in Canada was recently bought by a different company. The rights to, to use that network name and their content was bought by a different company, which now airs same day same time as the mm. american mm-hmm. uh disney xd so um the odd thing is that the this video was only put up by it was put up by the american disney xd pr pr yeah um, that's what it says here it's yeah. not on the actual disney xd youtube channel it's on disney xd pr right. uh, which is very weird but um the canadian counterpart to that hasn't put it up so so i've yet to be able to see it but mm-hmm. uh but that's okay I'll, i i'll i'll be able to wait i'll yeah it's I'll it's wait. uh it's premiering after a show called gravity falls i so i don't know how long like these yeah. shorts are gonna be I, I don't know if they're like five minutes like the old or a couple minutes like you remember the old clone wars yeah just the clone wars where they did like a, a minute or two after each uh, like a feeling it was kind of bizarre how they did that but yeah um, it's going to be premiering after that, so keep an eye out for that. And then, of course, we got, you know, Toy Fair happening this weekend. So if anything drops from that, I'm sure we'll we'll mention it on yeah. next week's episode. The, the, um, the biggest piece of news out of that at this point, which by the time anybody listens to this, will probably be super outdated, is that and the, and they already, I, I this already leaked, um, I, about a week or two ago. Uh, mm-hmm. is the Lego uh, Rex's ATTE from the beginning of this season. And it looks like an awesome set. It looks like mm-hmm. it'll come with... Um, they didn't... Even at Toy Fair, they don't have the figures ready. So, like, they didn't show us the figures. But it looks like it will be coming with uh, Rex... I, I, um, oh, my goodness. I've forgotten their names. I, the commando mm-hmm. guy. The other two guys. Uh, oh, Gregor, Gregor, Gregor and Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. 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 Um, and then it, an inquisitor, we don't know which one, but probably I would, I would guess probably the, the, the sister, the seventh mm-hmm. sister. Um, and, and another figure that could be callous. It could be a stormtrooper. It could be, it could be anything. Um, yeah. but, uh, but it looks like an awesome, awesome Lego set that I will be picking up this summer when it comes out. Uh, <laughs> I've been I've been saving my uh, my my Lego VIP points, so I've got like twenty dollars in Lego VIP rewards that I'll that I'll cash in on that uh, that beast because I, I guaranteed it'll be like it'll be at least eighty nine ninety nine if not oh, yeah. if not yeah. over a hundred dollars. Legos are, as we all know, the most expensive. Yep. Yeah, you know, stuff in Star Wars yeah. collecting. You, you got to pay the Lego tax when you buy. Oh Lego. man, no. it's just like <laughs> sure. Apple products, right? You got to pay the Apple tax. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, if anything comes out, I'm sure we'll, again, we'll mention it more yeah. uh, next week. But uh, as of that, uh, that's it, man. Let's get to the recap, huh? Yeah, let's do it. To defeat your enemy, you have to understand them. Everywhere we go, we run into those guys. He's sending us reinforcements. Sham Sindura, at your service. You're a princess. I feel like because I can fight, I have to. The Jedi are growing in their power. My gut tells me this is a trap. Is it wrong for me to fight? Growing your abilities are... You should have seen him in person. He was my master. The dark side. It pulls at him. Call me... Old Master. Hang on! I hate it when she says that. Ezra, don't! Ahsoka, why did you leave? All right, Mike, here we go with the call. The Ghost Crew is on a mission to locate fuel for the Rebellion, and Intel has led them to the Imperial Refinery in deep space. Low on fuel and power themselves, they need to find it, and fast. Suddenly, Ezra hears something, a noise, and it's getting louder. No one else hears it, however. Just as Sabine is about to check the scanners, they see it. A flock of giant creatures, and they're approaching the Ghost. Hera identifies them as Pergils and prepares to fire to drive them back. Kanan stops her. They can't waste power on these animals. Ezra encourages Hera to fly with them instead of against. Hera acquiesces and the animals seem to calm, though she still claims them to be a big lumbering menace. So the ghost Mike and his crew are looking for a fuel source and they must have been searching for a while because they're on like you know, and on the reserves, they have to like low power down everything and basically freeze to death because they can't use any of the fuel to fuel any heat or anything like that. And um, Sabine says the reason they're looking for it is they could, you know, they could actually fuel not only themselves, but the Phoenix squad, the whole Phoenix squad for a full cycle. And a full cycle, I believe she's referring to like, it's basically a Coruscant year, which is... Mm -hmm. I want to say like 370 days or something like that. Pretty close. So when they're talking a full cycle, they're talking a long time. So this is a this is a huge thing, and uh, and, and so the ghost is trying to beat the empire to this fuel source. And I think one of the main things is to come about about this particular beginning is that this show and this particular episode, they're show they're showing how how important this is and how very low on resources. The, the rebels are at this point. There's still a small group, and and again, they just they just yeah. don't have a lot of pilots. They don't have a lot of ships, and they don't have a lot of fuel. And and I think that's what you kind of take out of this beginning is as to how how much they need this and how very low on resources they are. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, yeah. It it sort of um, there's a there's a certain desperation uh, in yeah. Hera's voice throughout this episode where like they can't afford to screw this mission up. Yeah. Um, and obviously, uh, there's the specific peril that they're in, that that the ghost is low on fuel, but that the whole fleet needs needs fuel in order to keep going. So yes, um, yeah. 
Yeah, it 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 definitely sets the stage that that they're they're not as you said, like they're not the well-oiled machine that we see in in A New Hope, right? They're not Leia's right. uh, uh, section of the of the 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 rebellion, um, right? And they're certainly not the full fleet together in Return of the Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, huge difference. Yeah, yeah, they're much more. They're much more. Uh, uh, Resi- uh, uh, sorry, uh, reliant on on these um, basically piracy tactics. I mean, like that's <laughs> yeah. the the. There's an interesting aspect to this episode overall. Um, let me just say, I, I I tweeted it on on Thursday, and I'll and I'll reiterate it here. I th- I think this is my favorite episode of the series. Um, really? Yeah, I really, wow. really enjoyed this episode. I, I to a level that I don't think that I've enjoyed an episode of of Rebels or anything this much since Clone Wars. Um, I there have been parts of Rebels that have been incredible and that I've loved. I mean, definitely last year at Star Wars Celebration, uh, seeing the the premiere of, of season two, um, the, uh, what was that one called? The premiere of season two? Yeah, when Vader shows up and everything. Um, the, the Siege of Lothal? Yeah, Siege of Lothal. What mm-hmm. is great uh, and, and, and a lot of fun um, and, and has some really cool moments. But there's a... And I think it's probably the same sort of thing that I'm connecting to in in an episode like Trespass and Clone Wars, which mm-hmm. still remains my favorite episode of that series. Uh, and it's like it's the fact that it's self-contained. It's the fact that it it touches on a lot of um, the important pieces of the story. Um, and that it explores things that we that that we haven't really talked about in other star Wars content, right? Mm-hmm. When, when we're retreading ground, when, when we're seeing more of the same, it, it always kind of like, it's, it's good because I love star Wars, but um, like the force awakens, for example, <clears throat> the force awakens retreads a lot of star Wars ground and, and that's good. It, it should, it needed to, but um, especially a lot of like classic original trilogy stuff. Um mm-hmm. But it's the places where it breaks new ground off of that that familiar stuff that that I love the most. So um, Ezra's connection with the Pergil and uh, the just sort of the 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 fantastical aspect of it, along with the science fiction um, and uh, and the the and then the characters just just like uh, building up the characters and everything uh mm-hmm. it it just it's a nice self-contained episode um that that hits all of the notes that i wanted to hit but one of the things just to go back to to what i was talking about a second ago um one of the interesting things uh, in in regards to like the piracy tactics is that the empire refers to them as terrorists right they're they're the the these rebel cells are they're they're from the from the empire's point of view 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And from an imperial citizen's point of view, a loyal imperial citizen, who in and of themselves are not necessarily bad people, right? Um, definitely, you know, Palpatine is a bad person. Vader is a bad person. Callus is a bad person. The Inquisitors are bad. Uh, they, they, a lot of these characters are, are evil, as we saw in The Force Awakens, stormtroopers are not necessarily all evil. Some of them are just yeah. doing a job. Right. Um, and and we definitely know, and we saw this last season with um, with the, the governor. <clears throat> yeah, it was the governor, right? Of Lothal. Mm-hmm. That she was not necessarily a bad person. Um so to them, to to these average citizens of the Empire, who were previously average citizens of the Republic, the the sort of people that you would see on the street or running a shop or, you know, like just regular people with families and lives <clears throat> that they that they're worried about and they're not worried about the galaxy as a whole. The these rebels are terrorists, and in this episode. <laughs> It's very clear to me that the rebels are terrorists in that mm-hmm. in from that point of view, because the this this mining guild operation is not necessarily they're not necessarily bad guys, um, you know like they're shooting at the Pergil and that and and that could be seen as as kind of I mean like it's that's not good they're they're their morality might be a little bit skewed because they'd rather make money than protect the environment, let's say. So there's right. there's definitely an analogy there. I, the hashtag that I, when I tweeted that it was my favorite episode of the series so far, uh, my hashtag was save the Pergil. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which Pergil is the plural of Pergil. So yeah, not Pergils. Uh, Harris says Pergils, but... but there's a thing on 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 the website that's on starwars.com that says the plural of pergil is pergil um and and like there was a bit of a vibe there where like i uh, that that's analogous to uh people who hunt whales in in our world these guys aren't necessarily hunting them but they are you know theoretically they're trying to kill them in order to continue their, their mining operation so, right yeah because these... it's kind of like it's kind of like putting a an owl in a in a cornfield to keep um you know crows away or something from eating the corn yeah. they're not necessarily trying to kill they're just trying to get them away from their from their so i see what you're saying about yeah. that yeah so yeah. but is but really at the end of the day the the guy running the base uh this this mining outpost and the the um the people, the guys working it, the Rodians working it, mm-hmm. they're, they are kind of just average citizens. You know what I mean? Like they, oh, yeah. they're yeah, not yeah. really like they, they didn't ask for a rebel ship to show up and start blasting at them, you know, and like stealing their resources. Yes. They're working with the empire. So to a certain degree, like they're selling to the empire. So, so, from a certain point of view, they're aiding the 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 bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. But as I'm trying to express, from a certain point of view, the Empire are not <laughs> the bad guys. The Empire are trying to maintain peace and order in the galaxy. 
Now they do it through an iron fist, and obviously they you know the the leadership is the Sith, but I don't know. I just think that there I think that there's very interesting perspectives to be taken here, um, and and I think that there's an interesting lesson to be learned here, and mm-hmm. I think that Dave Filoni is being very subversive in trying to get this across. But he has the ghost crew doing some very bad things that what they did in this episode by the end of it, I don't think, yes, as a net result, it's good for the rebellion and what's good for the rebellion. We know by the end of the story is good for the larger galaxy. Now, it only lasts 30 years before the First Order destroys everything that the rebellion built. But that aside, the 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 rebellion to restore the Republic, sorry, the the Alliance to Restore the Republic, which is known as the Rebel Alliance, is their goals are altruistic. Their goals are 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 good. Their ideals are solid. Their morality is solid. But how these individual rebel cells go about attaining the resources needed to achieve those goals, in the instance of the Ghost Crew, I would say it's an immoral gray area at best and mm-hmm. and at worst they are straight up terrorists. They they basically brought the war to whatever that planet was that their ships were hiding on. That you remember that like a few and I brought that up a few episodes back um when they had to when they had to escape and uh, um oh man what episode was that? I had to look back again. I think it was just before the 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 winter break. Um, but I uh, the and then when they went back to Lothal, like you see that they what kind of problems they caused on Lothal just by being there. Mm-hmm. Um, that that the citizens of Lothal didn't necessarily ask for it, but they that the rebels and their actions, the ghost crew and their actions brought this presence to Lothal. They brought Tarkin and Vader and the iron grip of the empire to Lothal. Now the empire was already sort of corrupting and, and, and taking over Lothal. And, and obviously like Tarkin town was a good example of that, but Mm -hmm. the ghost crew, they made it worse. They didn't make it better. Right, mm-hmm. it hasn't gotten any better for the citizens of Lothal. It's only gotten worse as a, as a direct result of the actions of of the the Ghost Crew. So, um, there are several instances that I can point to. I like the the uh, uh, in the episode Empire Day, their actions in that episode. They are terrorists. They attacked a parade. <laughs> Right. Like, yes, it was a military parade and yes, they were attacking a prototype TIE fighter. So we know why they did it. But to the average citizen on Lothal, they they attacked a parade where there were civilians in attendance. Mm -hmm. To me, like that, that kind of crosses the line. And (laughs) I'm going to get controversial for a second here, but. And I'll, I'll explain myself by the end of it. So it's going to be a long walk, but just just understand where I'm where I'm going with this. Try and try and keep the perspective that I've been talking about. Um, 
if you lived in in the Middle East in the last two decades, three decades, you would see, uh, or not you would, you could potentially see America as being very similar and the Western world in general as being very similar to the empire. And you could see ISIL and other, you know, the Taliban and, and other, uh, what we label as terrorist organizations Mm -hmm. as heroes, right. As, as rebel cells that, that are fighting for the ideals of a certain group of people, against the ideals of another group of people. Right. That's really boiling it down to, to really, really, uh, I, <clears throat> simple components. And obviously it's the, the, the issues over there and the issues with the way that the Western world is, is treating issues in the middle East. Um, and the motivations are very complicated. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it, but, it goes back to that concept in the Clone Wars that uh, there are heroes on both sides, right? And 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 as I've alluded to several times in in talking about this, the quote from Obi Wan, you know, many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of point view. Point of view, yeah. And and to me, from a certain point of view the rebels are terrorists in in a lot of these stories from the point of view of the mining guild specifically in this episode the yeah, rebels yeah. are terrorists they attacked an otherwise peaceful not peaceful but an otherwise like you know legitimate like, little yeah <laughs> when yeah. those when those ships show up and they fire on the ghosts the tie fighters which we'll talk about in a second um they don't know like the ghost has not identified itself it's it they don't really give it an opportunity but but they have good reason to believe that it's a pirate ship because if not for their allegiance to the rebellion, that's exactly what they are. Mm-hmm. They're no different than Hondo and his crew, right? Like they right. are, they go from, from planet to planet, system to system, gathering resources that other people have worked for in order to justify, like in order to achieve their own goals, which like for Hondo is simply piracy right i mean like for hondo it's just the the pursuit of fortune and glory right um (laughs) but for for the rebels it's obviously a little bit more of of a of an idealistic uh uh, crusade uh let's let's call it i but at the end of the day their actions are identical right so i don't know i just think that that's really interesting and as we go through the episode uh, I would say to our listeners, uh, and if you want to rewatch the episode, mm-hmm. rewatch it with that perspective, and every action that that Hera and Kanan take specifically, because they are the leaders, uh, put it in that that point of view, and 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 I think you'll start to see what I'm getting at 
And my whole point in all of this is that people are people <laughs> and we all have different motivations and we all have different, uh, different goals and that sort of thing. And sometimes more often than not, actually that brings us into conflict with other people and their goals and their motivations. Um, and we tend to label them and us and good guys and bad guys. And we, we want to boil it down to the concepts that we see in something like star Wars, but in reality, it's it's so much more complicated. And if you can just kind of see it from another person's perspective, um, I think that then we're much closer to uh, diplomacy than than war. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. so just just as a as a mental exercise, I, I think about it in the context of this episode think about it in the context of the larger galaxy and star wars think about it in the context of our own world and then hopefully you can bring it into your own life and when you get into conflict with another person i i and i'm not saying that i'm the best at this but um but i i i do try (laughs) and hopefully we all try (laughs) but try and see it from the other person's point of view and what they're goals and motivations might be what they're trying to achieve and you might be able to resolve things by talking it through rather than taking rash actions mm-hmm. um yeah this uh i'm almost reminded of like star trek the voyage home or something with the with this whole theme mm-hmm. with the whales is kind of funny um but before we before we go on i just have to mention too like there was this a point where it says in the in the recap here, you know, Ezra con- kind of connecting, and we've seen yeah. Ezra do this before in in Legacy when he connected with the Lothcat. Um, yeah. we saw it in I believe it was Gathering Forces when he actually connected with the Fearnock. Yeah. So he, Ezra has this, I guess, force ability. Like we've we've heard of different Jedi that have different, you know, they're they're Jedi and they have these force abilities, yeah. but they have like a. I don't know what you call it, like a specialty or something like that, where yeah, like, like an a, aptitude, right? Yeah, exactly. And Ezra yeah. has that with he just seems to be able to connect with with the animals, almost like an Aquaman or something. Um, yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of cool to see that and to see him connect with these huge. I guess we'll call them like it's kind of like a like a sperm whale and a or not a sperm whale, but. Um, like a humpback whale and a squid connect, you know, kind of combined kind of. Well, odd. yeah, no, it, it is. They're, they're very similar to sperm whales in the way that they're designed. Yeah. So the front half of them, they look like sperm whales. And then the back half, they have, they have the tentacles of a squid, but actually I would say that the back half is actually more akin to a, a like a, like a cuttlefish, mm-hmm. something like that. Cause the, uh, I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's cuttlefish. They, they're, they're cephalopods, like just like octopi and uh, and and squid, <clears throat> but they they have the the um, I don't know. They're kind. They're not fins, but they're kind of like those. I don't know. I don't even know how to how to describe it. They're mm-hmm. they. I guess they're they are kind of fins, but they're they're more. Um, oh, 
how do you even describe it? I mean, everybody's seen the episode, so they know what I'm talking about. But on the sides of them, they have like those sort of like wavy, like 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 a jellyfish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like on the right. side, yeah. and that's that's very very much like a cuttlefish. Um, right. But the, and then the the uh, the king pergil, which is the the big one, the big one uh, yeah. that yeah. had the different coloring. It also had two sort of tendrils off of its chin that the other right. ones didn't have. Oh, yeah, that's um, right. But yeah, like I I the thing that I loved about them and I think one of the reasons why I love the episode so much is definitely because of the Pergil. Um but the thing that I loved about them is that they are so familiar to animals that we know in our world, yes. but they are also so alien. Mm-hmm. And so different from anything that we have. So they kind of check those boxes that like the Dubak and Banthas and, yeah, uh, right. and, and, you know, like Minox and, and, uh, uh, a lot of great Star Wars creatures, like definitely some of the best Star Wars creatures, they check those boxes. Yeah, like I said, um, familiar but different enough to. Yeah, so yeah. like there's a there's a grounded element and there's a connection to our world that we can understand what these creatures are in context, but then you know they are also they are also unique. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also like specifically Star Wars, and that's. That's something that I really love. I always, I always love when when Star Wars can do that. Yeah, for sure. And and they're and they're as we'll talk about in a second here. They are migrating, so it's another yeah. issue that um, kind of is familiar to us. We'll, we'll continue. Go ahead, Michael. And we'll talk about this next part. Uh, okay. Uh, but there are greater menaces at hand. Two Tie Fighters close in, blasting the Ghost. They've been modified and aren't Imperial but they still want to fight. The fighters are from the mining guild. Despite problems with power, Kanan and Ezra are able to blast them. Uh, Sabine tracks the origin of the ties, and it's the same direction the Pergil are headed. They decide to follow the creatures, though Hera is less than enthusiastic. She tells Ezra that when she was young, she heard stories that Pergil were the inspiration for lightspeed travel. In reality... She's found that they're clumsy beasts blocking hyperspace lanes and causing accidents and death, including those of her friends. I never imagined there were creatures in deep space. When I was young, I was told amazing stories of creatures that lived in the stars and traveled between the worlds. Old pilots said it was the Pergil who inspired us to jump from system to system. But I don't believe it. The Pergil are dangerous. They wander into hyperspace lanes, crash into ships. I've lost more than one friend that way. Well, maybe they don't realize they're putting people in danger. Uh, maybe it's like Kanan says, you know? They just do what they do. Right now, as long as they don't come between me and my mission, I really don't care what they do. <laughs> Fair enough. Scanners are picking up an energy source from that planetoid ahead. You think it's the refinery? about to find out so mike like they says in the in the thing here they're or i said earlier they're migrating to this refinery because they're trying to uh fuel up but i think that obviously the big thing here is they are possibly the uh inspiration for hyperspace travel and and we'll talk about that at the very end here you'll see it but 
Wow, that's kind of a big deal right there where they're, where they're taking um, animals and, and these creatures and however long ago. They don't really mention like when or what, what time frame it is. But wow, inspiration for, uh, for hyperspace travel. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, and and so now we're hitting again on one of the things that makes me love this episode is that uh, we're we're building on the lore of Star Wars, um, and uh, it's like it's like when we learn new things about the Jedi, right? And we learn about where the Jedi came from and 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 sort of their origin points, and and uh, you know, like the the that last the Yoda arc at the end of the uh the season six episodes the the mm-hmm. lost episodes the lost missions or whatever um and we learn all these things about the force and its origins uh or in the mortis trilogy or something like that it's doing the same thing there but now we're learning about hyperspace and you know like sort of where where that comes from and and because this is not science fiction and it's it is you know space fantasy uh or science fantasy i uh, then it it makes so much more sense that that the source of hyperspace travel um the science of it actually came from nature and not from mm-hmm. not from just you know science uh which i i just think that's i i just think that that's an incredibly awesome um idea to introduce into the star wars galaxy mm-hmm. uh, and it definitely makes it more fantastical i think it does the opposite of what of what midichlorians do <laughs> right <laughs> midichlorians <laughs> explain away some of the magic of star wars yeah that we don't need yeah yeah by putting it into scientific terms this to me takes the science of star wars and explains it away with essentially magic Right. And and I think that that like it, it just adds more wonder and awe to to the Star Wars galaxy uh, yeah. than than there was previously. So now every time they jump to hyperspace, I'll think of the Pergil and I'll think like like that's where that comes from. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it, it it'll and it, you know, it makes the Falcon that much more of a of a living creature which it kind of already has its own personality um and and uh you know the fact that sometimes it'll go to hyperspace and sometimes it won't um <laughs> yeah now yeah. it it it's sort of you know like that connection starts to come in you're like oh well that's you know that's uh that makes so much sense that the hype that the the hyperdrive would be temperamental because it's sort of modeled after a living creature right it's sort of it, it, the hyperdrive <laughs> yeah. is a living thing itself so yeah exactly um, that's funny. especially yeah, a I, good hyperdrive yeah I, and we got to mention too here is uh they talk about the uh, tie fighters and the modified tie mm-hmm. fighters and a different color and yeah. an obvious modification of the wing which we found out in the behind the scenes um kind of affects their ability to they can see better but yeah. the maneuverability is cut way down so you can see why it was a good explanation of why they were so easy to chop down why yeah. you know, it was so that was kind of cool to see that it's an explanation that along with another explanation that pablo gives in the in the rebels recon from this week mm-hmm. um i 
starts to justify how they think about things in the Star Wars galaxy as opposed to our own galaxy. So in our mm. own galaxy, we know we know a fair amount of our rules of physics and 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 the way that that our galaxy works. Their galaxy may not necessarily work the same way. So um, they have. Uh, I think he he referred to it as objective time, where like if it's Tuesday on Tatooine, it's also Tuesday at the same time on Coruscant, which makes no sense, right? Like it mm-hmm. it it does and it doesn't. Um, but like if you know anything about physics and 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 time dilation and stuff like that, it 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 wouldn't make sense for time to be passing on one planet the same way that it passes on another. Um, like literally time, like, like a second wouldn't be the same thing. Um, because they might be moving at different speeds. There's all sorts of, uh, factors that, that, that play into it. Um, but in star Wars, that's not the case. So in, in a similar fashion, I would say when Pablo says, I, you know, like it, it, it cuts that, or maybe I, it wasn't Pablo. It was another one of the, the uh, I can't remember who it was, but um, probably Henry Gilroy. Or something yeah, like I that. think yeah, Henry Gilroy. I uh, it it allows them a wider uh, uh, plane of view, right? Like they have their peripheral view again, which which you never really think about it, but yeah, like a Tie Fighter pilot doesn't have the peripheral, right? Um, mm-hmm. But it cuts down on maneuverability. Well, that makes no sense because they're in space. They're not in atmosphere. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that, that does the aerodynamics <laughs> don't play into yeah. it. Cause they're in space, except that it's star Wars. So, you know, like we can hear sound in space. So maybe, maybe in the star Wars galaxy, there is some atmosphere everywhere, right? Like not necessarily right. atmosphere, but the, the physical component of their space of their vacuum is slightly different than our vacuum. So, right. you know, just, uh, just something to sort of think about and to play with in your head and, and to think, you know, um, why does that make sense in star Wars? Well, because it does. <laughs> so deal with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's... Yeah. And Neil deGrasse Tyson, the next time that he watches a star Wars movie and tells you that BB eight doesn't make any sense because he wouldn't be able to roll on that sand because a smooth spherical, uh, smooth spherical metal would just would just kick up dust. It wouldn't move anywhere. Um, you know, <laughs> two things: uh, a space metal, and two, actually three things: space metal, science fiction, fantasy, not not straight science fiction, and and third of all, I. BB-8's real. <laughs> B- BB-8 is real, and yeah. in a lot of those scenes, he's really doing things. Yeah, so exactly. um, maybe moving at that speed might be a little bit more difficult. But a lot of the time, BB-8 is real, so he actually does exist. He actually does do things. Um, yeah. This is not gravity. It's not interstellar. Uh, it's not. It's Star Wars. Um, it's not Star Trek. It. It's Star Wars. It. It. It has its own rules, and if it's happening on screen, then that's the way it is. Deal with it. So that's, <laughs> Take that, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. Um, How about that? 
So I understand. I understand why he does it, uh, and he does it because he it, people really loved it when he did that with Gravity. So now he goes and sees every movie that he deems to be science fiction, and and he basically tears it a new one to say this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Science says blah blah blah. Um, but I, uh, you know what? That's not fun. Well, it's not fun for those of us who enjoy the movies, at least. Maybe it's fun for Neil deGrasse Tyson and other uh, uh, science nerds like him. But uh, but for us Star Wars nerds, uh, stop bringing your Star Trek toys into our Star Wars sandbox. <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, come on. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> oh, I'll continue. The Pergo lead them to a planetoid, home to a massive energy source. The refinery they were seeking. Ezra wonders why the creatures came this way. While Hera docks on a small asteroid and plans an attack, they'll torch the gas to create a diversion and take all the fuel they need. Ezra is focused on the Pergo, however. They dive in and out of the gas, and the security forces blast them. He's concerned and believes there's a connection between the animals and the resource, but it's time for the mission to begin. So this is like you were talking about in the beginning, man. When you read that and you see it, like, damn, these guys yeah. are like terrorists, man. They just yeah. they hide, they hide on the asteroid, uh, and they just they just go down and start stealing stuff. Like, man, that's it's kind of yeah. harsh, but you know, of course we know what they're trying to do. But but like you said earlier, it, it points a new, it, it kind of throws a new angle out of that you never yeah. sometimes forget to think about. So the the guys who survived this this episode on that in that at that mining facility. They'll be like messaging, sending messages back to the mining guild. Keep your eyes open for this ship. Uh, it'll, it, it, you know, like it, 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 it'll sneak in and like they're stealing our product, mm-hmm. right? Like this is no different than than anybody just like showing up with a freighter, uh, or like a, a bunch of like cargo trucks. And like like shooting their way into a mining facility, stealing a bunch of, I don't know, iron or coal or something from a mining facility, and then, and then taking off, yeah, with it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like it's it's no different from that perspective, from the perspective of the miners. It's like, what did we we weren't doing anything? We're just. <laughs> Yes, the Empire's coming, but the Empire pays money for this stuff. We're not just giving it to them. They they pay us for it. It's a business. It's yeah. just business, guys. It's just business. <laughs> and it's it's kind of cool to see uh as far as the uh the Pergales, yeah. as they're as they're kind of floating in through this in and out, you can see they're starting to recharge and the color is starting to change and yeah. and, and still uh Ezra has this amazing connection with them and it it comes to a point uh, at a point here we'll get to it but um uh, go ahead mike yeah. we'll get there uh with with no way down sabine chopper kanan and ezra jump on the way a pergo pulls up next to ezra eyeing him curiously the padawan reaches out and touches the great beast after a bumpy landing in which ezra missed the landing platform and had to be saved by kanan who used the force to pull him back up the rebels are spotted so much for being stealthy. Kanan tells Sabine to toss her detonators and torch the gas, but Ezra stops her. The gas and the pergil are connected. If they blow the gas, they'll hurt the animals. They must figure out another way. 
Ezra force pushes the security agent over the edge and takes over the cannon, covering Kanan and Sabine as they secure the landing platform. Explain yourself. Okay, the gas and the purple are connected. We can't blow up the gas without hurting them. Kanan, what's the plan? I trust your instincts, kid. Now get on that cannon and cover us. What exactly are we doing? We're going to secure the landing zone. Uh-oh, there's no explosion. How come there's no explosion? Sabine, what's going on? We're improvising, again. Kanan and I are securing the landing zone while Ezra covers us with the cannon. Who changed the plan? The Purgle changed the plan. Not the Purgle again. Are you sure you can secure the landing platform? Once I start heading down there, I can't turn back. Hera, if you're looking for a guarantee, you are on the wrong mission. We'll contact you when the platform is clear. Next time, we just plan on the plan changing. And it's kind of like one of the highlights for me of this episode, Mike, was this jump they did. Yeah. Um, it, it was kind of cool. And it, and it was Ezra didn't know what was going on. They just like, let's go. Bam. And they're off and they're floating and they're running down. It kind of reminded me sort of like that, the new Star Trek, um, that where they jump into space and just they're flying down. It was just, it was, it was a really cool scene. And I think part of the, the coolest part of, of it was seeing the force power of Kanan where he's able to, not only stop himself, but uh, stop Ezra from a full out like free fall. Uh, that's pretty powerful to be able to pull somebody up like that and to bring him back. So that that was kind of cool to see that. And you see Ezra trying to do the same thing, trying to force. And he, it's funny how they do that, like the noise of the force, and you can they almost did it like he was crapping out on him, like eh, eh, you know. And but just that the power of Kanan to be able to pull him back was kind of neat. And what do you think of this free fall, this jump, this? Uh, I don't know, Star Trek-y, kind of like Point Break-ish type of uh, freefall, Mike. What do you think? Yeah, I uh, yeah, it was really cool. It, it was it was very reminiscent of uh, of Star Trek, but um, but it kind of had its own its own thing going yeah. on yeah. as well. Um, yeah. Definitely, like the moment where they dive and then the Pergil syncs up with them. Yeah, uh, that to me, like that's one of my favorite moments of the episode. It's just yeah. like it's it's so cool, and it that's the moment to me. Like you mentioned, Star Trek, I uh, uh, the the movie, the Voyage um, Home, yeah, 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 the Voyage Home, uh, and that's the moment to me that reminds me the most of the Voyage Home because there's the moment where Spock jumps in the tank with the humpback whale, yeah, and yeah. he goes up and he touches it just above the eye in order to to mind meld with it, yeah, um, but it's like that same sort of. It, it had that same sort of vibe, like like Ezra was connecting with this creature in that moment, um, and and it was really cool. It's just it's one of like it, there's no one thing that makes this one of my favorite episodes. It's just sort of the whole story, the whole thing together, all of these different facets that we're talking about, all mm-hmm. come together to make this just for me just a phenomenal episode. I just think it's just such a great, cool story to tell. Um, yeah, I'm going to interrupt our regularly scheduled recap for breaking news. Uh, and I guess this is coming out of Toy Fair. Um, the uh, Force Friday 2016 scheduled for September 30th. Oh, uh, wow. They're doing it again. So, huh? yeah. Wow. So I, I, I guess to coincide with 
the launch of all this Rogue One stuff. So, um, yeah, uh, Jedi News is is reporting on their Twitter uh, exclusive. Uh, ha- uh, Force Friday returns with Rogue One products and more on September 30th, uh, 2016. So, uh, to clarify, oh. heard Force Friday date from three different licensees today. So... This is not an official announcement from Hasbro or Lucasfilm, but it is coming from... Well, maybe it is coming from Hasbro. We don't know what licensees they're referring to with Jedi News. But uh, there you go. Another Force Friday. So wow, I wonder if this might be a thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, it was definitely a big deal for them in 2015. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so, yeah, here's hoping. Huh, okay. Okay, back to our regularly yeah, scheduled. Yeah, back to our regularly. <laughs> yeah, we now return you to our regularly scheduled. <laughs> uh, the ghost finally docks. More security forces arrive, and Ezra is blasted over the ledge, falling into the abyss. More ties are launched to take on the ghost, and Kanan frantically calls for his apprentice. Ezra is alive on top of a pergil, but he cannot breathe in the gas. Through the force, he connects with the creature. He understands why they're here and sees a great vision in its eye. Let us help you, he says, as if in agreement, the Pergil return Ezra's cadet helmet. And much like that free fall where they, I thought that was great how they connected with, uh, Ezra connected with the big one actually as it was like right next to him. Um, the same thing here, they they just have this connection. And it, I think this is the point where, or maybe this wasn't, where he kind of looks into his eye and, and there's just like this weird connection where Ezra's eyes kind of, kind of gloss over like a really bright shade of blue is this the point where he does that yeah the the i can't yeah it must have been this point because after this point he puts the helmet back on yeah because there's a moment where where because and and i think this is why earlier we get that moment where where ezra looks where he goes up he touches it and we look right into the pergil's eye because we see the pergil's eye at that point and they're kind of just like this dull gray color um with this really weird sort of um it's kind of like when you look at a cat's eye when you look mm-hmm. at the pupil of a cat and they have that that um that like iridescent quality to them because they because of the way that they that they collect light because because they can obviously because they have night vision right. um and then on the flip side of that when you shine a light in a cat's eye at night and you just see the reflection back um, and you like, they, it almost looks like they glow. There's sort of a similar moment here where, where Ezra looks into the Pergil's eye and the Pergil's eye is glowing. And then yeah. Ezra's eye glows in the same way. But the, the key factor here is that when the, when the Pergil, Pergil's eye is glowing, it's not just glowing. It's actually, you can see hyperspace trails. Oh, okay. In in gotcha. its eye, right? Like so, it looks like when the when the stars extend, right? Like when they lengthen past the ship, just as a ship goes to hyperspace, um, which is like that that iconic hyperspace look from Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. So the Pergil's eye is doing that, and then Ezra's eye does it, and you know that there's a that they're communicating, they're speaking to one another. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I said, it's all these different things that come together that make this episode so great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Keep going, Mike. Uh, okay. Above, the rebels are surrounded and outmatched. 
I can't believe we're going to lose to this guy, Kanan says. Suddenly over the comm, Ezra interrupts. Uh, Don't worry, he says. We'll be right there, standing atop a pergil and leading a herd. The Padawan rises as a tie approaches. Ezra stands his ground and slices into its wing. In the interim, the ghost has recharged and its cargo hold is filled with the much-needed fuel. The pergil, meanwhile, head for the base, and one grabs the leader, Yushin, in its powerful jaws. He flails as the beast take a beast takes him down into the mist. Um, which was this, this was a cool moment of of um, sort of you know like these guys are obviously they're exploiting nature, they're exploiting a natural resource, right. um, and you know so are our heroes. Uh, which there's a lesson to be learned in and of in and of that um, for our everyday lives, but I uh, there it's kind of a Moby Dick moment, right? Of like the, oh, this yeah. Yushin yeah. guy is kind of the Ahab of the crew, who's like just kill the the freaking things, right? <laughs> like just get rid of them. I thought I you know like just just keep them away from our from our resource, you know, cause every time they, they take some, they're, they're taking money away from the mining guild. Right. Um, yeah. and, and from this, this outpost, I, but you know, like had they just sort of left it, let the pergil come in, take what they need and then go, it wouldn't have been a big deal. Like, cause really at the end of the day, how do they, do they deplete this asteroid? No, not at all. Right. Like they, they just they just gather what they need individually and then they jump to hyperspace at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this guy fights them anyways, as opposed to trying to you know live in harmony with them, and you know like they everybody can have some of the gas right like it's not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, instead, he fights them, and what ends up happening? Well, the Pergil strike back at him. And, uh, and so there's this great sort of like nature balancing itself out a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Which, which I thought, and you know, it's just kind of a, it's, it's, it's kind of a funny moment. It's also kind of like a, Ooh, yikes. Don't mess with the pergil. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly um, what I thought. They are dangerous. I, uh, and they're not stupid. Like that's the thing. And that to me, like that's the best connection with, with uh whales in our world is that like whales are not stupid um and uh and and they, like they're actually highly intelligent oh animals. yeah for sure they yeah. might be they might be the smartest animals on the planet after us mm-hmm. and that that um that sort of i uh, i beat is is a very i don't know i think it's a very cool beat to sort of tie them to our real world um uh, uh, animals and creatures and that sort of thing so mm-hmm. oh uh, yeah but yeah just just another really cool moment yeah for sure and i think one of the funniest obviously the funniest line of the of the episode where uh Kanan says i can't believe we're gonna lose to this guy and it's yeah. uh it's just it's perfect perfect stuff well i think what my favorite line of the episode was from zeb and it was in that clip that we played oh, right yeah. at the yeah. end when he says next time we plan for the plan to go wrong yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. yes <laughs> that that'll probably save everybody time um and, yeah. and that's a that it just it reminds me a little bit of indiana jones where when he go when when i i i marion is is like i what, what what's what's the what's the plan 
And and Indy's like, I don't know. I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it's that great. Uh, that's the I think that is the part of Indiana Jones that makes him such a great character. Yeah. And uh, it's that's that's the George Lucas signature is that like it doesn't matter what your plan is because it's no different than when when Han and Luke and Chewie go into the detention cell and like like they go in with half a plan and Leia's like you had a plan for getting in here didn't you have a plan for getting out (laughs) and Han goes he's the brains sweetheart it's just like it's that's that's just that's star wars that's lucasfilm right like that's the lucasfilm signature i should say like that's what a lucasfilm movie is because i think it's also kind of in willow as well right oh Um, mad martigan is is, mad martigan yeah is very similar to han solo and luke skywalker uh or uh, luke skywalker han solo and indiana jones uh i'm just so used to saying han solo and luke skywalker together Uh, (laughs) i Uh, but Han and Indy, Mad Martigan could have just as easily been played by by Harrison Ford, Harrison I Ford think. Yeah. and I think that when the character was <laughs> created, he was probably created in that same vein, because yeah. um, he's very much a, a I don't know, I'm just making this up as I go type of character. Oh, for sure, for sure, um, yeah. Go ahead and yeah, you can go ahead and finish it off. I guess we'll finish it up here. The battle over. The ghost takes off and destroys the refinery. Ezra leaps from his pergil onto the ghost. The beast wails a goodbye and joins its herd. Ezra tells the crew that he could see what the Pergo were thinking. They used gas to breathe and travel. The asteroid was just one stop in a long journey. Then the animal's tentacles begin to illuminate. Can it be, Harris says. One by one, the Pergo's blast into hyperspace, followed by the ghost ready to return to the fleet. I could see what they were thinking. You must have established a deep connection with them. I guess so. I could see they need gas to breathe and travel. The crater wasn't their home, just one stop on a long journey. I have to admit, without the help of the Pergil, we never would have gotten off the ground again. episode to watch the Pergo go into hyperspace and it kind of blew yeah. me away I didn't I kind of didn't see that coming I know they talked about possible you know connections to hyperspace travel but to actually see them do it at the end was really neat it, obviously different colors and they lit up and their tentacles lit up and, and they blasted and I was like whoa that was that was pretty cool and um, I just have to say too that it, just before this seeing Ezra on top of the Pergo and he takes out that TIE fighter uh, with a lightsaber through the wing uh really cool scene too and again showing how the tie fighters were not very maneuverable with the with the modifications but um yeah it's just i think the really cool end of this was watching those pergo go into hyperspace mike it, it was it was the moment that they sort of clinched it for yeah. me yeah. That like I oh, the whole episode I'm going along, man, this is such a great episode. Man, I'm really enjoying this episode. Man, this is really cool. Oh, that was a great moment. That was cool. That was awesome. I really like the Pergil. And then right at the end there, 
it's like you said, like that the the comments about like oh you know, uh, they some say that that they that they're the inspiration yeah the inspiration for hyperspace travel Mm -hmm. and and the whole time i'm thinking like they're not gonna they can't how can they yeah how could they travel through hyperspace that would be so it would be so weird to see an animal that travels through hyperspace and then right there at the end like they're gathering the gas and they change color as they do and and you see the the eye, like I said, it it gives that hint, sort of foreshadowing the hyperspace thing. And then you get to the end of the episode and you see it happen. And definitely the moment that does it for me is when Hera, who at the beginning of the episode has one opinion of the Pergil, um, at the end of it, she her perspective changes on it. And all of a sudden now, like, she sees the wonder. She sees the awe of of these creatures. And, and my thing is as a pilot, as you know, like sort of it, it, it reminds me, like, I, I think back to the episode wings of the master when she talks about, you know, she just, she knew as a child that that's where she belonged was up in the stars, you know? Um, I think that it's at that moment that she connects and she sees what those ancient pilots saw um so long ago that inspired them to travel the stars right and right. and it's at that moment that like you just kind of you get that and it's all subtext and it's so subtle but it's all there and it's all it's in the performance and it's in the animation and it's in the storytelling and and these are like this is one of those moments where i just want to like grab dave filoni and say thank you so much <laughs> for telling these stories because um, because it's a story that just lends so much to the Star Wars galaxy, much like Trespass, where we see the Jedi doing what the Jedi do, mm-hmm. uh, what they did before the Sith came back, before the Sith returned. Um, and 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 it could have just as easily been Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon as it was Anakin and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Right? Um and then you get this look at you know the 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 way that the galaxy sort of works and and uh, and and this this tribal civilization uh, mixed with you know the, all the rest of Star Wars and uh, and 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 it just kind of it it deepens the Star Wars galaxy and it opens up all these new possibilities but it fits so well with the rest of it yeah. Um, and it's funny because both episodes have a lot in common with Star Trek and sort of some of the, the, the better episodes of Star Trek do the same thing. But in Star Trek, it, the, 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 the viewpoint is that it's our galaxy, right? It's, it's opening up, you know, the perspectives in our own galaxy and, and trying to help us see things from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. But with these episodes with, with, with trespass and now with with uh with this episode of 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 uh of rebels um the call i uh, it it opens up the star wars galaxy in the same way and it, it it expands on what we already know and and you know opens up new paths um and uh and new 
new storytelling devices, which I, which I always enjoy. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if everybody else will agree with me. I don't See, know that everybody else yeah. agrees with me with trespass, right? Yeah. Uh, people definitely have other episodes in, in the clone wars that they think are much better than trespass. And it's odd for a season one episode to, to be somebody's favorite, I think. But, um, I, but this episode, there's just something about it that connects with me. And I, I don't know. It, I don't expect everybody else to have the same point of view but uh and that's what surprised me about your tweet because I, I i agree with you i think there's a there's gonna be more people that were just like oh it was okay it was like a yeah. maybe a b or a c as far as grading because because I, I felt the same way as as probably a lot of people like i was wasn't like blown away by it again these have like certain moments in it that you're like oh that's really cool but as a whole you're like well it was just kind of like oh, it was okay but when you hear what you're thinking, some of the things you said, it kind of turned me around today, you know, because I came into yeah. this podcast going, well, I'd give it maybe a B or a C, um, nothing that I was too excited about. But but going through this like we did, you just you kind of think about it. And you're like, man, I guess it was like one of those things where when you can talk about it with somebody else. And this is why I yeah. love podcasts and why I love not only just hearing other people's take on it and it kind of gives you a whole new perspective of what's going on. Yeah. And I bet, like you said, I bet there's a lot of people that thought, well, it's okay. But hopefully hearing this, you guys made me think, oh, there's, there's more to it than, than maybe on the surface. So, yeah. um, good stuff though. Um, before we get into next time, um, I just had to, I wanted to, to, uh, give a shout out to some of the newer Facebook, um, uh, folks that have been joining us on the Rebels podcast, and it may be not so new, but I just wanted to point out some people: Doug Green, Laura Jirasi, Alex Cortez, uh, Bianca Horkin is a new one, Daniel Contreras, um, Denise Cohen, Aaron Golden, DJ Cantazar. Thank you guys for uh, kind of playing with us in the Star Wars Rebels universe here on Facebook, yeah. and, and liking some things and commenting, and, and keep on doing that, and don't don't hesitate to tell us how you feel about some of these episodes and i know we got yeah, some crazy sure. we got some crazy stuff coming up in this in these last few episodes so i know the chatter is going to really kick up especially when we get towards the end um but continue to uh thank you for uh joining us on that facebook page and and uh like i said don't don't hesitate to write in um yeah for sure Hey, next time, Mike, on Star Wars Rebels, it's called Homecoming, and the Rebels contact freedom fighter Cham Sandula, who needs help to fight off the Imperial bombing attack on his planet. So let's take a quick listen. At best, our squadron is at half strength. We're not just losing fighters, we're losing pilots faster than we can replace them. Until we can find a base, we need somewhere to land our fighters. Perhaps we can solve two problems at once. A rebel cell has reported an Imperial carrier over their world. If we can steal that ship, we can use it to house all our fighters. This cell is located in the Ryloth system. Ryloth? I know the cell you're talking about. I'll contact them. You're actually going to talk to him? I don't think we have much choice. We need that carrier. Wow, so... Mike, I gotta say, this is kind of interesting. Like, possibly um, a how, how do I say it? Like a, a not a not a tiff or anything, but obviously there's some strained relationship maybe between yeah. these two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there. I so 
uh, obviously Cham Syndulla uh, is Harris Syndulla's father. Um, and uh, there's another clip. <laughs> there's another clip that's even better that makes me look forward to this episode a lot, which mm-hmm. uh, uh, it does two things. It's a great comedic clip. It's just a really funny scene. And two, the reason why I love it so much is that it confirms that Hera and Kanan are in a relationship. Yeah, because this other clip that that was posted, and I think that I shared it on, on yeah, it's on there, the Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, um, it Kanan is super nervous to meet Cham for the <laughs> first is. time. Yeah, um, and those of us who have been in long term relationships and met the parents, in particular the father uh, of our of our uh, uh, significant others can relate uh that first time it's is funny, a yeah. very nerve-wracking experience it can be yeah. a very nerve-wracking experience yeah. so um yeah i i if you needed more confirmation than this i i i don't i don't know that we're ever gonna quite get it i i i don't know maybe <laughs> we will one day but yeah um but there's definitely like Kanan and Hera are definitely a thing. Like there's something going on there because that's the only reason for Kanan to be as nervous as he is. And I love it when he yeah. <laughs> when he mixes up all their names. He's introducing <laughs> uh, Ezra, yeah. Zeb, and Sabine, and he yeah, points yeah. at the wrong people when he says their names because uh, he's so nervous. And I just I love it. Um, that is good. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to this episode. <clears throat> but yeah. obviously there is some sort of a rift between. Uh, Cham and Hera, and uh, and hopefully we'll find out a little bit more about what that is. Yeah, I know. Uh, definitely, that clip is is super funny, and I was say, well, I thought about previewing that, but I figured, ah, we'll just save it, and then we'll talk yeah. about it next week. It's it's really funny, and it's like you said, it's for those of us who have done that kind of thing. It, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. It's really cool. It's very relatable. <laughs> um, yeah, in like wait. this ridiculous situation of a Jedi and a freedom fighter and the rebellion and <laughs> Star Wars. But, yeah, yeah. It's going to be fun to, to yeah. check that out. Yeah. So that's going to do it for this week. We're out of that, here. That's it. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with the latest Star Wars Rebels news, which you're going to want to do in particular this week because of Toy Fair, uh, uh, by heading to Rebels Podcast. Dot com uh, where Tim keeps you guys up to date. Uh, I, on that note, I will also say go to StarWarsTSC.com because Tim will probably be posting a lot of the general Star Wars stuff over there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Podcast, as well as on Twitter at RebelsPodcast. You can also follow myself on Twitter at ArcWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F, and you can follow Matt at the Crankster. That's yes. a Crankster with a K. Uh, and uh, and of course we are part of the Thunderquack podcast network so head to thunderquack.com to check out all of the other great podcasts in the network like Star Wars The Saga Continues uh, which is uh, a great podcast that Tim and Kyle do uh, over there uh, and, uh, and, and if you want to chip in help us produce these great podcasts you can do that by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack uh, everybody who chips in a dollar or more gets entered into our quarterly giveaways, uh, and our next one will be uh, in uh, sorry at the end of March. Yeah. Uh, during our March uh, uh, roundtable, we'll we'll announce the winner. Uh, and uh, let's go ahead and announce the first uh, prize that we're throwing into the prize box 
for this quarter for for the Q1 giveaway. Yeah. Uh, and that is a $25 Amazon gift card, just yes. like last time. Yeah. Can't go wrong so, with those. Yeah. So uh, if you win, then you've basically and you all you're you're supporting us with a dollar every month. Uh, you make your money back like twice twice yeah i uh, so so i don't know i like those odds there's a, i think we have about 40 supporters right now uh for which we are thankful for each and every one of them i uh, but i but those are good odds one in 40 that those are yeah, good odds that is good stuff right there i don't think that you'll be hard pressed to find better and that's not all that will be in the prize box so there will be some more stuff themed around Batman v Superman, which comes out at the end of March. So yeah, I uh, so yeah, I uh, head to Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack to uh, to help support us bringing you great podcasts like this and the rest in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. But uh, that's it for this week. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week for the episode Homecoming. See you guys next week.